In this church security roll call, we're going to be discussing the recommended minimum training requirements for safety team members. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with the Sheepdog Church Security Academy, and this is your church security roll call. If you're watching us on YouTube, you already know that this is going to be a special um, show program for you today because we're already here in August and it's time to evaluate our training um, for ourselves and for our teams. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. Before we get started, I want to start out with the Bible verse as we always do. Um, this is one of my favorite ones and you can see it on the screen if you're looking at it. And that is, uh, this is uh, Psalm 144, 144 verse 1 and it reads like this. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So great verse for us today because we are talking training, training, training. And this is, it being August already, we need to be thinking about that, you know, people are going to start the, the how, how, how shall I say this, attendance for the church tends to increase during the school year. And, um, and so it won't be long that there's going to be more people at church. There's going to be a higher demand for our safety team to be there and be prepared um, to assist in any sort of emergencies that may occur. And so what I want to talk to you about is the recommended minimum training requirements for safety team members, volunteers. Now, what uh, the key I want you to think about in what I said is recommended and minimum. Okay, so a lot of us out there have had a lot of training, a lot of specialized training, um, while this, the, and those are all extremely good, right? You know, I think about verbal de-escalation. I think about some of us with advanced firearms training. All those things are extremely good, and I encourage you to do those kind of things. But one of the things that I've discovered, and you probably discovered as well, is there's only so many training hours in a year for volunteers. Um, and it's not so much that there's a limited amount of time in the sense that they don't have the time to train more. It's almost a little bit has to do with willingness. You know, a lot of people out there have full-time jobs. Some people have full-time jobs, but they actually work about 60 hours a week or more. Then there's family commitments and other types of things. You know, emergencies, life just happens, comes at you quick. And so getting a lot of good training in, it can be extremely difficult. So this recommendation that I'm going to be giving you today is based on, okay, what's the baseline? We're looking for baseline training where someone goes through and we have a fair good amount of confidence that they're able to respond to the types of emergencies out there. The other thing that you're going to notice as we go through this recommended training is we're looking at it being as comprehensive as possible. That's always been my approach. Um, it's good to focus on one or two things sometimes when you're trying to develop a skill and while you're trying to um, you become an expert at a skill, you focus on that one thing. But ultimately, if we just focus on that one thing, we're not prepared for the, the multitude of other things that could occur. So as you can see on your screen, you'll see that um, is a copy of the um, safety member training record that we've created to kind of make life easier for you. And we put on the most recommended, what I said, the recommended minimum. All right, so let's kind of go through this form real quick. 
Um, you are going to have an opportunity to download this form and we'll cover that at the end of the program. All right, so basically this document, one page, there's a couple ways it could be used. Probably the easiest way is just downloading it, printing it, and hand filling it out. If you're more comfortable with technology, you know, you could turn this into a spreadsheet, which we have a spreadsheet for you too. But once again, I keep on getting ahead of myself on how you can get a copy of this. Let's get into the minimums. All right, the first thing that you'll see on the list is firearms qualification. Um, and so this once a year minimum, that's what this is. Once a year, you should be bringing your team to the range and ensuring that their firearm skills, their marksmanship is, meets, is, is satisfactory. Now, a lot of people are changing their language on this, you know, firearms qualification versus demonstrating firearms proficiency, um, kind of that pass fail as opposed to a score. Um, but regardless you're going to want to have this annual qualification. Some people like to use law enforcement standards for their state. I think that can be generally good, uh, mostly because it's a higher standard than you're required by law to do. And so it's, it's, a good, it's a good goal, especially for new shooters, for them to be able to pass that. <clears throat> Could be difficult for them. Um, but it's a goal to work for and get them to that minimum standard. I like the FBI um, qualification. The reason I like that one is because um, you're required to draw your weapon from a concealed holster. And I think that better reflects the way we actually carry in churches. Okay, so once a year, firearms qualification. You'll see the next thing on there is tactical shooting. So... You know, other than old westerns where the good guy and the bad guy st stood in the middle of the street at high noon and shot each other, um, that's not really how shootings occur. Um, and that's and unfortunately, that's the way we train, though, right? We go to a, a you know indoor range, or maybe it's an outdoor range. We're standing in our designated area, and we're shooting targets that are straight in front of us without any sort of deviation, no movement, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's okay because you can develop skills during that. But at the end of the day, you really need to have some sort of tactical shooting. You know, shooting from the prone position, from a kneeling position, um, shooting while moving, reloading while moving, um, you know, uh, shooting over or around cover. We need to have some of this tactical kind of shooting because that more, that, that's closer to reality than what we do typically at a range, standing in one spot, shooting at a, a non-moving target. In this, I don't have a standard as far as, you know, you should do all this and here's the program or route or how you should set it up. Instead, I say, use your imagination. If you have a firearms instructor as part of your team or you're a firearms instructor, you know, be creative with this. Do different things. Game it a little bit. So we'd go to the range and we'd have pinballs and we'd have metal targets and we'd have, um, um, you know, we, bowling pins is what I meant to say. Bowling pins to shoot at. We did all kinds of stuff. And the idea is kind of break that seal. Get some experience doing something, that shooting, that moving, that kind of stuff. Next thing on the list is unarmed self-defense. Um, once again, regardless of your physical abilities or the physical abilities of other people on the team, we can always be better and get a little bit better at this. Now, I'm not talking about turning you into ninjas or anything. I'm talking about simply 
getting used to the idea that putting going hands-on with somebody might be your only alternative or the best alternative. And so we need to break that seal, just like we did with the tactical shooting. We need to break that seal and get people used to blocking, um, you know, it's different escort holds, maybe some pain compliance techniques, maybe some takedowns, those kind of things. Once again, we're not shooting to become ninjas or anything, but the idea is to get used to the idea of going hands-on. If nothing else, also in self-defense, um, somebody may attack you. And even though you might not be the one that would really want to be in a hands-on-hand, you know, hand-to-hand combat, um, you still need to know a little bit to help defend yourself. So unarmed self-defense. Next one is less lethal weapons. I've said this probably a hundred times. I love defensive spray. I know a lot of people out there don't like it, but if you're going to carry defensive spray, it's good to have some training on it. Um, Saber's got a good product, and they have actually a water inert. Uh, product so you can use it's a squirt gun essentially and you can use it to practice and get the idea now it might not be something you have to do on a regular basis every year you know just to have everyone that's probably pretty good just so they're used to using it and they know when they should be using that kind of weapon if you use other less lethal weapons by all means make sure that you're also providing training for that so if you're using tasers you better do taser training or stun guns or whatever uh, make sure that you have some sort of that kind of training. Next one is basic use of force laws. You should be reviewing this every single year. Um, get a cop, you know, get a copy of the actual statute. Have your team, you and your team, read through it and write down on a class roster. Hey, we've read the law again, and do it every single year. You probably want something more formal than that. Um, which is which I'll be getting into here in a minute. All right, so those are the those are the annual things. So every year you do it. The next thing is what you do every two years. So the first one is first aid, CPR, um, AED training. Everybody on the team should be trained in this. Now you can go through the American Red Cross, the American Heart Association. A lot of times fire departments offer this kind of training. The point is, is get this training done. It's typically, it's good for two years. Um, keep that certification up. The next thing is, is um, safety member certification through Sheepdog. Now that might seem like a, um, an unnecessary plug, but the thing is, is there are so many other topics that we have to cover in order to be prepared for these other emergencies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch over to this other page and with or without me, on your own, you're going to want to make sure that your team has some basics. So the basics that we offer is, you know, security team fundamentals. So that's patrolling, that's emergency response, that's radio procedure, reporting. It's all that basic org organizational stuff, introduction, if you will, to this kind of work. Next thing is active shooter response. So we're talking about how the civilians might respond, you know, run, hide, fight, that kind of thing, lockdown drills, that kind of stuff. Also, how we get into how that might the team respond to coordinate their efforts to deal with that active shooter. Um, De-escalating disruptive people, obviously, we not only look at officer safety, in a sense, being safe while we're dealing with a potentially violent person, but we're also learning verbal de-escalation skills to help keep that situation from becoming violent, if at all possible. Next one is 
protecting uh, children from abuse. Um, obviously, this is a big issue. This is signs and symptoms of abuse, so we can recognize it when we see it. Um, we talk about accountability um, procedures and things like that to uh, make sure that we're doing the right thing to make sure the kids aren't being abused. Uh, basic use of force laws. I told you I was coming back to this. You do need some formal training, something that's going to get more in-depth on the law. And while um, reading the law is essential and important and it really speaks to you and your, you know, in what state, what jurisdiction you're in, but understanding those terms, understanding how it's applied, understanding the repercussions of uh, use of force, right or wrong, what's going to happen, all that kind of stuff, good course to get deeper into, uh, into the weeds, if you will. Then there's arson and fire safety, obviously. Fire evacuation for the kids, you know, fire evacuation for the congregation, responding to small fires, how you extinguishing them, putting them out, maintaining control of the situation, crowd control, all that kind of stuff. Next thing is storms and disasters, tornadoes, wildfires, earthquakes, chemical spills, pandemics, all that kind of stuff is covered in that course. And then all, finally, the mass trauma emergency, which is you know, the three B's of care, you know, working in a high threat situation like an active shooter situation, uh, care and aftercare, all that kind of stuff. So while this is a shameless plug for myself, if regardless, when we go back to that training sheet is you want to make sure that you're touching on all these topics, that you have at least that baseline, that basic understanding, that foundational stuff that then can be worked on and developed even further. Now, in another video, we'll get into the yearly drills that um, you're going to want to do on a regular basis. Um, uh, but like I said, that'll be a future video. So this is what I highly recommend you do. We kind of covered this sheet a little bit. What I recommend that you do is this, is if depending on your record system, I would get a copy of this. And you can print as many copies as you can. There's going to be a link in the comments below. Grab a hold of this and then print it off and then start filling it out for your team members. Start filling it out for yourself. Getting this information. And then once you've done that for yourself and you have your team has, has done that for themselves or maybe you do it for them, then you bring these records together and you look and see, hey, where, what haven't we done in a while? And what do we need to do? And we'll be talking about putting a schedule together, how you might put a schedule together in the future, uh, in a future video. Um, but right now, it's about assessment. Get a copy of this, download this, make, fill them out for your team and yourself, and start developing that idea of you know, what, needs, what kind of training do we need to get going. Now, when you click on the link, it is going to bring you over to this page. And the way you get it is you just put your email address in there and then hit download. And uh, an email will be sent to you and the download will be attached and you can get it. The other thing that I want to bring up to you is we, we're, we're in open enrollment right now. And so we're running discounts on our individual safety member certification and on our team uh, safety member certification. So either for yourself or for your whole team, take a look at it. As of the recording of this, you can see we're 25 days away from the open enrollment ending, but we're offering a 25% discount across the board. And the goal here is this. 
you can see with just what we covered on this training record and this being the recommended minimum amount of training, you could say this stuff kind of builds up fast. There's a lot to do. So our, we're kind of the easy button for you as far as going through this training online, you know, training on your own or training as a team or training with me on Sundays because we do have a schedule that I could totally get into, but I won't at this time because already this video is running longer than I wanted it to. But anyway, assess your training, yourself and your team, and then start making that plan now on how you're going to accomplish all this training, all the training you and your team needs from basically September here until next summer, June. So anyway, thank you so much for being here this week. I hope you found this video helpful. We got a lot more special videos that are going to be coming out, so be looking for them. And we're going to be covering all the different aspects, all the different challenges that we have starting now to the beginning of the year and throughout the year when it comes to training. So thank you so much for being here. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.